My life is like a browser with 25 open tabs. I have kind of a constantly plugged in thing. Any interruption could jeopardize the whole operation. So I got my internet service from AT&T. Because their customers rated their service number one in reliability over cable. For $40 a month, I can get up to 100 megabits per second internet, so I can stay up to date on the latest stuff going on in my world. It's soothing to know AT&T internet is rated number one in reliability over cable. It helps me maintain my low-stress thing. AT&T internet customers rank their service number one in reliability over cable. Switch and get up to 100 megabits per second for $40 a month. Limited availability may not be available in your area. Check eligibility at att.com slash internet. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. New approved customers only. Includes internet plans 10 to 100 megabits per second. Early termination fee and other charges and restrictions apply. Speeds not guaranteed and may vary. Claim based on 2018 ACSI survey of customers rating their own internet provider's performance and reliability of speed and service consistency. You are listening to Indie Radio, where we do content the indie way. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Indie Radio presents Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast, the show that breaks down all new episodes of your favorite zombie TV show right here on IndieRadio.org. And now, here are the hosts of the podcast, Kente, Jen, and Olaf. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. And tonight is the big season nine uh, finale. And we will be talking about the episode called The Storm. And joining me is my wonderful and lovely co-host, the one and only all the way from Hawaii where it never snows. Jen, how you doing, Jen? Good. And uh, it does actually snow here sometimes way up on the mountain certainly doesn't snow like it does there we'll never be uh the donner party here <laughs> all we have to do is hop down to the shore so yeah <coughs> no donner party huh? none no sorry not here maybe something else but not that well whatever party it is over there i want to be a part of it i'm glad that you were able to leave the party and come and join me tonight <laughs> Yeah, me too. What an interesting episode. Yes, yes, and we're going to talk about it tonight. So, um, uh, before we get into the episode, I would, I definitely have to say this. Um, a young man was murdered today um, that some may know. He was, he's a, a rapper. Uh, he goes by the name of Nipsey Hussle, and he was only 33 years old. And, you know, he started out, you know, in gangs and whatnot, but he had definitely changed his life around. He was a recording artist. He was a a community activist. This man did so much to help so many people and uh, getting into filmmaking, uh, entrepreneurship. And it's just sad that, you know, that he was murdered in broad daylight today. And my heart goes out to his family. um, And, um, you know, of course, uh the the his legion of fans that really love and admire this guy so um rest in peace nipsey hutzel so 
Uh, it's very sad, and uh, it happened out here in my city, Los Angeles. But uh, he's a beloved person, and uh, you know, he's definitely. When I saw the news, I was very saddened about it. So I, just I, I read it. that. I actually read that earlier today. That was really sad. Yeah, he's a good dude. He, good dude. Um, but let's get into the show tonight. I see that there's uh, several people on uh, Periscope checking us out. Uh, let us know that you're here. And uh, we will uh, definitely, you know, say hey to you guys. So, um, tonight, the name of the episode is uh, was called The Storm. And the show became The Terror, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, it also became, what you call it, uh, The Donner Party as well. I, I felt a little uh, Oregon Trail. Possibly a little Game of Thrones White Walkers uh, thrown in. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to bring up. You're, see, you, we're on the same page. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was a little diss to uh, Game of Thrones. That uh, the scene where they get there and they have the the one uh, frozen Walker and uh, Daryl breaks it. I think that's their little. You know what? You know their little shot at uh game of thrones what'd you think yeah you did you think it was a shot at them or did you think it was just a shout out to them because i can't imagine the walking dead dissing game of thrones i mean you don't want to go down that rabbit hole that's a bad throwdown to get involved in hey i what sounds better though what sounds better that it was a shout out or that it was um you know what do you think sounds better you know, this, this is this is my take, right? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So if it felt a little Game of Thrones-ish, it seems to me that they were saying, we love you guys so much that we incorporated a little bit of that wonderful White Walker terror. And uh, yeah, here you go. Okay, let me be the one to start to start the nonsense. <laughs> I'm saying that was a complete shot saying, you know, you guys are going away. We're still going to be here. And I think that's Ooh. what happened. Ooh. So that's what I'm saying. But I like to start mess. So excuse me. <laughs> so I, I, I think it I was, it was to, a polite. I, I think it, it was one of those things where it's a, a polite jab, to be honest I, with you. I, 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 I do. I do. I definitely think that there was a little bit of that going on, just a little. But it, but you know, it worked. First of all, it was, it it wasn't a stupid ploy. It didn't, uh, it didn't feel hollow. Like they just put it in there for the sake of putting it in there. And it, you know, the way that they did that actually made me think back to Game of Thrones and had they used the White Walkers under the snow before and i couldn't remember if i had seen that particular method of the white walkers coming out um but i thought it was good i i did i actually kind of liked it i just couldn't think of a specific sort of you know yeah they're mirroring this scene or that scene no i i think it, it was just uh i mean i really do believe that's what it was but it was cool though i thought it was, i thought that was a cool scene that was one of the better scenes in the uh in this episode so uh kudos to them for that 
that definitely little, that little shot. Um, I'm gonna start. What do you think off... about the? Go ahead. Oh, I, no, I was just ahead. gonna say part of the the whole reason that they were moving from place to place is because the kingdom basically is now in shambles, and I, I don't know exactly how to feel about that. Mainly because it's such a it's such a jump to go from there's no community at the kingdom to they're going to have to be incorporated somehow into Alexandria and Hilltop. I, I don't know that just the way that it happened felt so disconnected from the plot. And I don't necessarily know if that was a bad thing, but it definitely felt like, wow, there's something missing here. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, I, to be, can I be honest, brutally honest with you about this? Oh boy, here we go. Yes, please be be very honest. Okay, this felt like episode two or three of a season more than a finale to me. Mm. It didn't feel like a season finale, that's for sure. Although, although look, I, I will be just as honest and I will say that... While it didn't feel like the series finales that we're used to, I'm sorry, series season. finales, season finales that we're used to, it in some ways was almost welcome because I am really uh, overwhelmed sometimes with the way that they end seasons and and it feels like there is barely a breath to be taken before we have to jump into insta action in the next season and this definitely feels like okay everybody can take a breath and i i personally i liked it i maybe a lot of people won't but i did like it for that very reason well i me personally it, it was i mean i don't know i didn't i didn't love it uh, like I would have liked this episode if it was like in the middle of the season or so. Like to me, like it wasn't a bad episode at all. It was actually a, a good episode, but not a great series season finale. The the thing that, the function of a season finale is to get you hyped up for the next season, and I can't say that this episode did that. I I I do agree with you, but I also think that this is part of the wider uh, strategy, maybe too kind of a word, but the wider understanding by The Walking Dead, which is core fans are core fans, mm -hmm. and they're not going anywhere. And that may sort of be what is... It, almost like managing expectations now. They know that people, the people who have been with them will continue to be with them, and they don't need to leave everything on the massive cliffhanger that we are are used to. I don't know. In in a way, it again, it, to me, it felt refreshing to have that pause and take a breath before whatever we think is going to happen for the next season is going to happen. But there was plenty, I think, to uh, to sort of uh, cinch in a way the open-ended things that I feel like we never get 
sort of uh, that we never come full circle to in a lot of seasons before where we jump into the next season before we've had enough resolution to some things in previous seasons. And this to me didn't feel like that. It actually felt like they were taking some time to make sure that we were all on the same page before. Obviously we know that war with the whisperers is coming. Um, But what, how that sort of happens feels like we need to take a, a longer pause in between so that we're not, just forgetting everything that's happened prior. I don't know how to exactly put that into uh, some kind of story phraseology that will work, but it does seem like a little bit of respite in between these major storylines is is a, a welcome change as opposed to, oh my God, they did it again, right? I, I, I hope that that made some sense. No, it made sense. And you know what? On... In theory, it sounds awesome, but let me just be honest. I want some ass-kicking finale that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I want it to be a little more, like, I guess the finale was really last week. And I I thought that was maybe setting up, you know, at least something for this episode. And it really was just like a, it felt like just a regular episode. See, I, I do think that that in, in practical terms that last week was more of the high note of the season. But I don't but I don't disagree with their choice to make this the last episode. They needed to get everybody between basically Alexandria and Hilltop. That sort of does make sense. Um it also I feel like makes sense for us to see what I think is going to transpire in the next season, which is Ezekiel and Daryl and Carol as the primary and functional leaders of the groups. And I mean, obviously we know that Michonne isn't going to, well, we don't know actually if Michonne isn't going to be there in at least part of next season, but, but we, but we know that the three of them have stepped up to the leadership plate and it, and, there's no way that we could do everything in that one last episode. I think it would feel more jarring if they tried to rush so much into the last episode without actually taking a pause, because my guess is that by next season, there will be another small time jump and that will give us, it'll set us up for something else that's about to happen with the whispers. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's cool. But I just, I felt like what's, you know, a lot of... It was underwhelming. Underwhelming, yes. Yeah, I I, I do agree with that. It was underwhelming. I I don't know if I disagree that it was bad, but I mean, not disagree with it bad. I don't know if it was bad timing, but it was underwhelming because that's not what we expect. But also, let's be honest, this particular one hour of storytelling was also while interesting and set up a lot of good character development definitely didn't seem to move plot along except that it brought the kingdom to hilltop uh, or to sanctuary and then off and uh to 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 hilltop and beyond i feel like that could have been done much more concisely and so the whole episode didn't need to be devoted 
to that and judith finds dog that also seemed like but it also then freed negan it's like this sort of felt like uh what what we oftentimes call a filler episode instead of an actual yeah we're gonna move plot forward episode yeah and let's let's talk about negan to me this whole episode was pretty much to justify him being free in the next season yeah so i mean that's the primary function of this episode and to and also tie up some loose ends with uh Ezekiel well, and, and, to, Carol. and to move the kingdom. They needed to move the kingdom so that the so that the populations were in two centric places. Right. Right. So, you know, I mean, that's essentially what it is. But you know, uh we're going to talk about um Negan. And then uh, I want to bring up something as I watch this episode, I can't believe I hadn't thought about. So if I don't bring up the thing that I for, remind me, but let's let's talk about Negan for a minute. Um, I know he's been incarcerated for like six years, um, and he had a lot of time to reflect and and all of that stuff, right? But what do you feel about his turn? Uh, of, you know, being this cute and cuddly teddy bear guy now after what he was before. Do you buy it? Do you like it? Um, are you looking forward to where this leads to? Um, just give me your thoughts on that aspect of the whole Negan storyline. So first, I don't think that Negan has fundamentally changed. And I think that that was the point of showing us in the in the house with uh, with everyone before they had to go to Aaron's house. Um, I, I, I don't feel like he's actually changed. What has changed is that he does care about somebody, and that's Judith. But I don't feel like he cares about anybody else. I feel like this is a pretty exclusive, uh, one-way sort of, well, maybe not one-way. I think Judith actually sort of oddly cares for Negan as well. But but it's it, but it's only one. It's just a, a, a sort of a one fixed track. I don't think Negan suddenly feels like, oh, the people of Alexandria are worthy and good. And hey, you know, maybe I should change my ways. I don't think I'm not buying that for a second. Also, on top of that, I, I although it's easy for me to understand why Negan would want to go and save Judith, it is similarly within Negan's purview as a character i think to be the 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 focal point of of everyone oh boy how can i say this i i I think i think that you're right what the episode with negan or the parts with negan was about was freeing negan right there Mm-hmm. There needs to be a reason for Negan to be free and for people to now want to trust him. You're going to be rewarded for saving Judith, and that's why you're free, right? Because otherwise, why would they just put him right back in this prison cell? So in that respect, okay, that's done, and you know they can check that off on their checklist. On the other hand, it, it they haven't done anything significantly story-wise with Negan to make us think that Negan is actually a changed person. I mean, he's he... There is still the fundamental parts of Negan that are megalomaniac, uh, narcissistic, always confrontational, you know, basically as sarcastic as they come. And that hasn't changed. 
And I don't think that they want us to think that that's changed. I think they just want us to feel like yeah, there's maybe a small redeeming part to Deegan. That maybe that's the only thing. Hmm. Right? I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I remember, um, I, I know sometimes fans don't like it when you bring up other shows, but, uh, I remember David Chase, the guy who created uh, The Sopranos. Um, he was being asked about why why are some of the scenes with Tony Soprano so violent? Every once in a while, he'll do something really outrageously crazy, even for his character. And David Chase said, "You know, he's because you know um, the character is very uh, flamboyant and has a you know a big personality that people start to like him." And he wanted to remind the audience every once in a while that he's a monster, that he's not somebody you're supposed to like, you know? And I, right. and I love that. Like, I freaking love that. Cause he, I don't know if you remember that show. He would always like, you know, he's, you know, a criminal, but he would do things that are like even beyond criminal, like, you know, like kind of evil type stuff. And when I heard his reasoning for that, I love that. Right. Like to remind the audience, like he's not a good guy. Like he's not the person you're really supposed to be rooting for, and I, I say that to bring this up talking about Negan because I think that scene also was to, you know, and you kind of said this too, is to remind the audience that yeah, he's nice to oh he's so sweet he's nice to Judith and he says nice things here and there, but he's still a prick, you know. Right. He's still he may not be the monster he was before, maybe or maybe not. We don't know. But he still has that prickliness to him. And I, so I believe it, that was it. So it's kind of like, you know, they they stripped they stripped power from him. They stripped Lucille from him. They stripped the ability for him to wield who he is from him. But they didn't strip him from him. He, in fact, I mean, just sort of in terms of resilience... Negan is probably one of the most resilient characters I've seen around in a long time, just because it would have been, I can you imagine the years of imprisonment and not being significantly changed by that. And yet he's not, well, I shouldn't say he's not, but he's not significantly changed in the sense that he's not contrite. He's not, he doesn't feel uh, a sense of repentance or, you know, anything like that. He just is, who he is because bottom line that's Negan uh, and when you pair that with what is happening I think for the for the rest of the story well for whatever is coming next it very much seems to me that you're right the writers are saying don't forget who he is but maybe even more from like a a, a, a base center I feel like what's being said is the Negan is Negan. The, the, you can't change who Negan is. And a good deed might change how people think about him, but you're not going to change who he is. You're not going to change his... You're not going to change Negan being Negan. That's the only way I can describe it. No, I I most certainly uh, agree with that. And I think that... Uh... I like that too. I, even if, let's say, he turns out to be one of the good guys, right? Going forward. But do we really think that? I'm just curious. Do we really think that he's going to be one of the good guys? No, I don't. I, yeah, I don't either. I don't. Um, but let's just say, for argument's sake, he is. 
I I like the fact that they are, are telling you, hey, watch out, this guy ain't, you know, he ain't nothing. To to yeah. uh, to uh, think that you could you can turn your back to him or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That I think that that is that's very appropriate. That's exactly how I felt about it too. Not that I didn't love that he was willing to go and risk his neck to save Judith. I did, but I don't think that you can put to you can't read so much into that that he, he he's not a redeemable character no he's, he's he just isn't he's not okay now remember i said that i wanted to bring up something in and i see we have a couple of people on the periscope i just want to say hi to smiley as well as uh pat and gallo um but uh okay so i'm gonna put something up on my screen and do you see what's on my screen? I do. Okay, that's the Frozen Walker guy, right? I just thought about something while I was watching this. Wouldn't one good East Coast uh, winter have wiped out most of the walkers? Why would it wipe them out? They would have froze to death. They're dead. I mean, yeah, but... How how do, how are they able to? How are they able? So they just stay frozen, and then wait pile? wait 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 before you go any further, Kente. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I've had this discussion on several different levels about several different shows, all specifically around either uh, zombies or other monster-like creatures. And I have to say that if the universe says that this is how they operate, that's how they operate. Like yes, I. The, the science of, of of The Walking Dead is ridiculous. Absolutely. But I don't know anybody who's watching The Walking Dead because of the science of the walkers. Okay, look at him. How does he survive yeah. the winter? Yeah, well, not just how does he survive. On a primal level, my question would be, well, on a more primal science level, how does the blood inside of them not freeze? Or, no, I shouldn't even say blood because there is no blood. How do their muscles not completely freeze in temperatures that we know would freeze a regular person? That is, I think, maybe the, the, the heart of what you'd have to ask. But we know already that the walking dead don't adhere to any of the known principles to any kind of living biology that exists. So all you have to basically do is say, yeah, it's the walking dead. They're zombies. There, there's no, there is no logic behind it. Are you seriously trying to find logic? Yes. <laughs> Cause I don't think you're going to find any. Yes, I am trying to find logic. Uh, magic. Uh, I, and I don't mean magic, like, you know, Harry Potter magic. I mean, this is the Walking Dead. That's the Walking Dead universe. That's the magic of it. That's it. Okay. I guess so. So just because, just because. Uh, I mean, just, I don't. I don't really have any so. other way to explain it. It's because they say so. Yeah. I mean, it looked cool though. It did. It looked. It, it was really cool that they were under the ground. Well, under the snow. Uh. Or that they were frozen in and couldn't couldn't move, but could still move their muscles, like the guy that was frozen in the lake and stuff uh -huh. like that, or the river. That kind of stuff was actually pretty neat. Made for some great visual effects. 
Yeah, it looks it looks very haunting. Yes. Yeah, but I thought you know, like I said, it looked good. Uh, you know, and and this is the first time, right? They've ever. I'm trying to remember. This is the first time they had snow on the uh, show. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember them ever doing uh, winter as a as a as a thing. Winter has come. Yes, as you said. <laughs> Well, also, you know, okay, so I'm I'm just going to say this, right? Because if you watched from the very beginning of the uh, of the season to now, there's some pretty stark contrast. The beginning of the season, it felt like hope and renewal. It felt like spring. It felt like, you know, new life was growing and then we end pretty much the polar opposite with it being cold and snowy and and we're back to uh you know, not abandon all hope, but we're back to things being stalled, death being the more primary uh, thematic piece that's happening, as opposed to at the beginning of the season when it really did feel more like there was renewal, there was some spring, there was some uh, new life being put into things. So it, it from just from a storytelling standpoint, it was kind of interesting for them to end there. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, you you look on the, the bright side of things, so I, I got to give it to you. So you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's even even at the beginning, even the uh, because I watch every single. Um, opening just to make sure that they haven't added something in or you know made some kind of small alteration and we that we've seen this all season long we've seen the the new growth growing up the 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 i don't want to call it a renewal of hope but it really did feel like at least things were starting to progress in the right direction and so this feels like a setback and and ezekiel talking to judith on the on the radio what what ezekiel was saying was okay this isn't the end and just because we don't have a home doesn't mean that we stop basically like you know being a family or uh, or searching for what comes next but at the same time it also feels very much like no the kingdom is done I, I don't I don't find there to be some kind of resurrection power in going back to the kingdom or that just feels like that's a done uh, a done piece. So it brings up what you asked last week, which is, is Ezekiel's time almost done? And ooh, I really got weird vibes between Carol and Daryl this time, making me wonder if Ezekiel's time is not countable here mm. in episodes. Let's hope that's not true. I like him. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, uh, where and you, I know you took notes and whatnot. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about specifically? Well, one thing that I thought was interesting, first of all, is this whole uh, idea with Lydia and suicide by Walker. I, I you know, I feel, I, I feel like both that is a really stupid thing to do. And yet at the same time, Lydia was a whisperer and maybe that's how she feels like the whisperers would handle not being able to cope or deal with what was to come next is to basically return to the natural order of things, which is not death, but Walker. And 
I, I, I have to give them credit for exploring that and sort of not flinching away from the idea that, yeah, this is a thing. Because death by Walker is quite different than suicide by Walker, where you know you're going to come back. She didn't, Lydia didn't try to end her life, like, definitively, like, I'm not going to come back as a Walker. She was holding her arm out to be chomped by that Walker. And that brought up a whole lot of very interesting ideas about both what the whisperers must think and how she's been indoctrinated into that philosophy, but also just the, the whole sort of idea that people must have about what the afterlife now must be. It was fascinating to me to even go down that, that thought train at all. What did you think about it? That was gross. To be honest with you, I was like, no, don't do that. Um, no, I mean, dang. Um, it, you know, she's obviously conflicted about her guilt, her feelings of guilt and abandonment and, you know, not really feeling a part of any of the groups. And it's interesting. I didn't think about it like you thought about it, but I, you know, it, it was very sad um, that she thought that. And then when we get to the scene with her and Carol, which I have up on the screen, um, you know, she, you know, asking her basically for her life to be ended by uh, Carol, and then trying to almost bait her into uh, into doing it by mentioning Henry, um, you know, and I never thought for one second that that Carol was going to do that. Uh, I thought, you know, I said, man, this is, you know, this young lady is near the end of, uh, or, I mean, she feels like she's near the end and she needs, you know, uh, something, some sort of jolt back and she has nothing tethered her, tethered, tethering her to it, but maybe a relationship with, uh, Daryl. And when I say relationship, I mean like a friendship or a bond. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't like her acting in the scene. Well, that's, you know, the, 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 so, okay. So first of all, I, again, I just have to give him a little bit of credit because survivor's guilt is a thing, right? We, we know that that is a, that's a, a pretty serious kind of a thing that happens to people when they survive something and feel either guilty a for causing it or b simply just for being alive when they don't feel like they should be alive. That carrying that forward into what, may happen in the next season between the whisperers and the groups feels pretty consequential that's i don't think that that is just a small little thing that they put into the episode to make us feel bad for lydia you know i've talked about this all season long at, at the moment that the whisperers were basically in the uh, in the picture the whispers are a whole cult philosophy. It's not just that they are the bad guy group. It's there's something wider about that, that, that especially in the comics felt very important and, um, and interesting from the sense of the, or from the point of view, I guess, from us who would never embrace something like that because wow, this is insane to, People who have survived so much continuing to follow someone like Alpha and not join, let's say, an established group or not join a community that uh, there's something 
to that piece, which feels much bigger than I think we attribute credit for it. Um, and I don't know if they've really done a, a stellar job of explaining why that was important. But the the just as sort of a last note on that, Beta uh, um, basically hitting Alpha with the switch was also a, a, a throwback to the scars that we see on Lydia's arm. And, it, and again, all these things get tied together. It's in an effort to make you stronger. The pain makes you stronger. The, um, the ability to withstand things makes you stronger. And you have to go through these things almost as a trial by fire in order to come out on the other side as a stronger being and and again uh, they're both experiencing alpha and uh and lydia are both experiencing something a little bit different but it's still tied into the same philosophy which once again i think is just important to remember going into whatever happens in the next season because that does seem like that's where things are going to start to take off it's not just a war between the whisperers because uh, oh my god you crossed our territory it's they crossed the territory. They they cannot be held now uh, to... And, and also, okay, let's just be honest about this also. Alpha has already said a number of times, it's not in our way to stay in one place for very long. That's not what they do. They travel with the herds. They are out there maneuvering among the walking dead for lots of different reasons but one of them is so that they never actually have to be in the position of defending a place right right so here they are now having to basically defend a place exactly the opposite of what alpha said and that again doesn't seem inconsequential there still must be something tethering them to that area and what that is honestly i don't know exactly what's in the writer's mind in terms of how they're going to bring that forward but it certainly doesn't seem like oh this is an accident and they just accidentally made alpha say yeah we don't usually stay in one place for very long right do you know what i'm saying no, I like understand. that feels very uh important no 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 i i hear you and i feel you um oh sorry a fly <laughs> but uh you know um that mentality that they have i think it makes them maybe you know is up there with the most dangerous of all their the people they face because you know they just don't they don't operate by a playbook that you could understand or or you know quantify or anything like that and they're going to prove to be and they already have proved to be um quite difficult I think Ezekiel's fear of crossing the territory line, it really, I mean, I feel like it probably should have been even more uh, pronounced than it was. But I, I do, I think that that is at least a, a small tip of the iceberg in terms of how people would be thinking just because there is not just so much unknown, but because they clearly, do, they abandon their young they uh they behave in the, a kind of erratic way that only the dead behave in and i don't even think that the people who are the survivors right now understand how the dead maneuver and and 
choose, if you will, if they choose at all, but figure out how to be in one place or another. It's not, we don't understand any of that in terms of mechanics. We don't have any information on any of that, but clearly the, the whisperers do. They understand how to maneuver a herd. They understand how to live in, in, in a, in a, almost a different reality than Hilltop, the kingdom or Alexandria could ever imagine. Right. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Right. Right. They're at one with him. Which is really, which is way different than let's say uh, a Negan situation where sanctuary and the, and they're all fighting over resources. They're all fighting over, you know, food and, uh, and stuff. It's much more almost capitalistic in nature, but the whisperers aren't saying, give us all your stuff, lay down all your weapons. We want your food. They're not saying anything like that. So there's something else at work there. And that does make it pretty interesting. Makes it very interesting. And, you know, like I said, I, I love them as a character, you know, as, as characters, I should say, it's very, very, uh, not, it's not, it's not definitely when I first started watching the show, I never thought in my head that these kind of characters would, you know, could, would exist on it, you know, in the show. Yeah. So, uh, definitely uh very very interesting um just question um when that storyline is over in the comic book uh is has there ever been any other uh groups that arise well po there post so there there are sort of other groups that arise uh but i i don't think any of them actually match the whispers oh, okay. to to me the whispers are perhaps so far the most insidious of all of the antagonist groups that exist. And, and I, I think if you are very early on, uh, geez, maybe three seasons ago, people were actually speculating what W meant that, you know, maybe they were leaving signs and things like that. And that turned out perhaps not to be what was happening at the same time there was so much buzz about that that it felt uh, really important. And I, fans of the comics were really excited by, does that mean that the Whisperers are going to be back? And it turns out that that, I think that that was well-founded. I think the Whisperers storyline was well-founded in terms of how excited people who had already read the comics would be about it. And they did a good job with it so far. So far, they really have, I think, captured what makes it scary primal, and they didn't turn them into just your everyday antagonist. Right. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I hear you. Now, what was that, uh, the W? I'm trying to remember. Uh, back, uh, I think it was Carl. Um, somebody was in the, boy, I have to go back and look at my notes now, but somebody was in the woods, and they saw a W uh being and i don't remember now if it was carved on a tree somebody's gonna remember this whether it was carved on a tree or whether it was carved into mm. someone's flesh but there there that reference that symbol was out there mm -hmm. and uh, yet people were saying well maybe it's not a w maybe it's inverted maybe it's something else and 
but the by my point is it definitely uh it got people excited about what the whether the whispers were coming or not so i think that the, it it in terms of if people were excited or uh, or wanted to see more of the whispers that as early on as that, it, that's when the buzz actually started, and that was a long time ago. That was that was a few seasons back. That was that was when Carl went out into the woods, and he and Enid were still a, a sort of budding thing, I believe. I'm pretty sure I've got the timeline right. So that was a couple seasons ago. Um, let me ask this question. Um, do you expect a, another time jump on the show? I, I do. I don't think they can get away with not doing. I, I don't think it's going to be big. I think it's got to be small because they've got to figure out how to keep the whispers both in one area and allow for uh, some events to have unfolded uh, without it being uh, a huge jump. The, the the problem that they're going to have, uh, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see how they figure this out. One is we don't know when Michonne is actually going to leave or whether they kill her off in downtime or, or what happens there. The second is, uh, okay, so I know Lauren is not coming back. And, and Maggie as a character feels like she's just sort of out there. But how they how they explain why she never comes back is also just sort of an un it's like a thread that really needs to be pulled to either unravel it or sew it back up again it's like something needs to happen there um and so without a time jump i don't know how they f really i don't know how they get back into the story because because something needs to happen like something has to something has to explain how these things unfolded without it being just linear right does that i think that makes sense no no i agree with you uh, i'm gonna play something and then i want to talk about it okay i i hope that it's not big that's my hope and yes okay. of course all right here we go All right, that's how the episode ended. Uh, what was that? So, is that Maggie? No, I thought it was a male voice. Is was it, it a male voice? I don't know. I thought so. I, I don't know. It's, it sounded like, let me see. Yeah, that sounds like a male voice. Or maybe not. No, maybe that was me. Yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe that was <laughs> didn't, Maggie. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't sound to me like uh, it was specifically male. I guess it could have been. Maybe it was. At first, it, it didn't sound like. Uh, oh wait, it says. And, and what it, it says. An article. Dang, there's an article about it. Uh, here's how the drama is set up. Its next major chapter. Uh, it says that begins the hour transmission with a mysterious voice and over the radio, uh, offering up muddle words 
Hello, hello, can you hear me out there? Well, it's a very missing. Kang tells the Hollywood Reporter the final one. The radio voice falls, falls in that mode. What? The, the, there is a comic. There is a, a, a comic intersection here. Uh-huh. So it could. it's possible that this is following a comic intersection. Oh, like which one? But I don't know. I, I don't. Well, see, the thing is, I don't. I actually don't want to say that because mm-hmm. if I say that, although I realize that you know we've already said, hey, you know, spoilers are not a big thing. This particular one does feel like it might be a little bit too big to sort of get into, and especially since we don't have any actual clues about what it may or may not be. That just that to me feels like that would kind of be a dick thing to do. Okay. Because if it really does start out next season, that this is what may happen. I feel like it, like this should, like this should be speculation for the beginning of next season, not the end of this season. Okay, spoiler alert, guys! If you don't want to hear this, wait. Oh, wait, so, wait a minute. Vanity Fair says <laughs> so you're gonna make me have to read it. Really? Uh, <laughs> it says in Vanity Fair. Uh. I'm trying to guess it. But it, it signs appears that it's Stephanie, a character from the Walking Dead comics. She's a member of a Yeah, there's another there's another group out there still the that we haven't even met yet. Called the Commonwealth. Okay. Because because one of the things about The Walking Dead, which is sort of hard for us to see because we don't exist outside or we don't exist inside the universe either, but we, we only see things from a narrative perspective from inside of what's happening with our group here, is that there are things happening outside of the, the apocalypse that are that are not necessarily just happening or not just happening, that very similar to Fear the Walking Dead where there are systems and structures in place all over the place that uh, I don't want to say that they haven't fallen, but that have sort of been able to reconstruct or, or, uh, or maintain a, a different kind of vantage point than anybody else has. So where everything else has failed in where, where they are in Alexandria and at Hilltop and in all of that outlying area, there are places that are uh, pockets of, uh uh relative not relative that's a really bad way of describing it of some of having some semblance of order of still having some semblance of uh there's something bigger happening in those places and i think we got a we got a taste of that with the helicopter scene who's running a helicopter right i mean they they can't even keep their hot water heaters going and somebody out there has enough tech and enough gas and enough uh, people to manage a helicopter getting run back and forth. Like, I, I, I just think we all have to remember that even though we don't see it, The Walking Dead never says, well, this is the whole world. It says it's the whole world that they know about. And remember that the writers did say that at one point, which we I think has already happened, Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead actually intersect in their timelines. Well, I mean, we know it because of because uh, of what's his name who who left the group. So that we, but we don't understand exactly how that intersection works in the universe itself. But we know from Fear the Walking Dead that there are infrastructures out there that exist. We just 
haven't been we haven't been introduced to them either in either show right but we know that they exist because of fear the walking dead does that make sense Oh, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense, yes. I, I it's kind of hard to explain because it's like when you start i feel like ghostbusters crossing the streams right it's a little bit difficult to explain how both worlds sort of intersect with each other and yet they are totally separate but then there is something even more separate from that outside and if if i'm not mistaken the at the place that this happens in the comics i feel like the like this piece is like maybe this might be a little bit early for them to bring this in so obviously they've got some they're mixing some storylines together Pamela Milton so Stephanie's a black girl who hooks up with, with Eugene oh god please don't remind me If you've ever wondered why Eugene hasn't died yet, uh, maybe that might give you some idea. Although Eugene's usefulness has not been exhausted yet, so. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's it. If you you know anybody who's upset that I read that, uh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you. It's. It, it it's a good i think it's it's good speculation for what's going to come next season because i think that uh, what's going to happen next season is that remember what i was saying about all hope being lost i i think that what it seems like is being set up is yeah all hope is sort of lost in the sense that they're really struggling but there's still an outside chance that other things could happen. Okay. 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 Right. Also, let's not forget that there's still Oceanside out there. Oceanside still exists. So. Yes. Oceanside. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, um, before we get on out of here, how can we get you? Social media. You can find me at Following Bliss One on Twitter. And you can go visit my websites at criticallaughs.com and moviesmakethemeal.com. All right. You can get me at Kente F on uh, Twitter. Uh, and you can get me on, uh, on Instagram at Kente Ferguson. And, of course, the website is indyradio.org. That's I-N-D-Y radio.org. Uh, I think before the next season sometime, maybe in a couple of weeks or so, We'll do a show, and we'll have some people on, and we'll talk about the season nine, at, on you know, as a whole. And uh, then you know, we'll be back for season ten. So looking forward to it. Uh, um, if you are a fan of the show American Gods, we're on every Wednesday at four thirty Pacific time, which is seven thirty Eastern, and we will be and we will be also covering the final season of Game of Thrones. So uh, looking forward to that as well. And, of course, we'll be covering uh, uh, the terror as well as I, I believe it comes back this year again, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's actually been pushed back to next year. I don't think they're going to be able to release it this year. Okay. But uh, you know what AMC But you know what AMC does have? Also, I, I saw uh, an advertisement for American Gods during The Walking Dead, which actually restores my hope that Stars is trying to 
uh, give it a little bit more promotional push. Um, but I also saw a promo ad for Nosferatu, which, I, look, if you like The Walking Dead, you will like Nosferatu. It is based off of uh, a graphic novel story. Uh, it's not as huge in terms of the world as The Walking Dead, but it is absolutely a phenomenally well done story. And it's the, the little intricacies in Nosferatu will make you, it will really intrigue you. I, I promise if you like The Walking Dead, you will really love it. And Jamie O'Brien of Hell on Wheels fame uh, is the creator and executive producer. So That's right. Yeah, That's so right. Hopefully, uh, we had her on our Hell on Wheels show. Maybe we can get her on our Nosferatu show. That would be awesome. Wow, that would be really awesome. Yes. All right, with that said, uh, we will catch you next time right here on IndieRadio.org. You guys have a great week. God bless. My life is like a browser with 25 open tabs. I have kind of a constantly plugged in thing. Any interruption could jeopardize the whole operation. So I got my internet service from AT&T because their customers rated their service number one in reliability over cable. For $40 a month, I can get up to 100 megabits per second internet so I can stay up to date on the latest stuff going on in my world. It's soothing to know AT&T internet is rated number one in reliability over cable. It helps me maintain my low stress thing. AT&T Internet customers rank their service number one in reliability over cable. Switch and get up to 100 megabits per second for $40 a month. Limited availability may not be available in your area. Check eligibility at att.com slash internet. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. New approved customers only. Includes internet plans 10 to 100 megabits per second. Early termination fee and other charges and restrictions apply. Speeds not guaranteed and may vary. Claim based on 2018 ACSI survey of customers rating their own internet provider's performance and reliability of speed and service consistency. My life is like a browser with 25 open tabs. I have kind of a constantly plugged in thing. Any interruption could jeopardize the whole operation. So I got my internet service from AT&T. Because their customers rated their service number one in reliability over cable. For $40 a month, I can get up to 100 megabits per second internet, so I can stay up to date on the latest stuff going on in my world. It's soothing to know AT&T internet is rated number one in reliability over cable. It helps me maintain my low-stress thing. AT&T internet customers rank their service number one in reliability over cable. Switch and get up to 100 megabits per second for $40 a month. Limited availability may not be available in your area. Check eligibility at att.com slash internet. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. New approved customers only. Includes internet plans 10 to 100 megabits per second. Early termination fee and other charges and restrictions apply. Speeds not guaranteed and may vary. Claim based on 2018 ACSI survey of customers rating their own internet provider's performance and reliability of speed and service consistency.